1: Enjoy. Hey, Paratruthers. This week's episode is brought to you by our patrons over on patreon.com forward slash paratruth. With their help, we are continuing to bring amazing new content to our listeners every week. So if you feel the urge to donate, head on over to patreon.com forward slash paratruth, where you can just donate only a dollar and get some amazing rewards for your donation. Go check it out.
0: Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators, they have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a an mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? So <laughs> Something epic.
2: This is true.
1: going on ladies and gentlemen welcome to a brand new episode of paratruth radio my name is justin and i'm eric and tonight we are continuing our holiday season with another episode about halloween uh this week we decided to concentrate on uh familiars which are if you don't know uh associated with witches and other uh I don't know what you would call them. Eric, what did you... How did you phrase it when you told me? Um, subsidiaries. Subsidiaries. Subsidiary
0: creatures of Halloween, okay. basically. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, for those of you that aren't familiar with the familiar... <laughs> 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 um, it, it's basically a, a spirit. It's usually... Associated with an animal or a shape shifting spirit, um, sometimes associated with a minor demon, and which is summon these familiars to um, do their bidding, whether that's uh, divine for them, uh, spy for them, help them with magic abilities, um, because the animal or spirit uh, familiar is gifted in a certain type of magic and it dates back quite a while. Uh, uh, The earliest I thought was in uh, English witchcraft. I don't know if you saw it any further back than that, Eric. Um, Hmm. But uh, familiars comes from Latin familiaris, meaning household servant. Uh, And it's mentioned in the Bible. uh, Spirit guides of sorcerers and necromancers and dire warnings were issued against any contact with them. A man also or woman that hath a familiar spirit or that is a wizard shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. Leviticus twenty twenty seven. And I know Eric, you know, the other, uh, verse where it talks about, uh, dealing with mediums and psychics mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, which I wanted you to give that verse because I'm not familiar, I can never remember what verse it is.
0: Well, I mean, there's a couple of different things throughout Scripture. Uh, in the New Testament, it obviously, not obviously, but it says in the New Testament, uh, do not turn to mediums, do not turn to a witchcraft. Um, but it's most clear in Leviticus, Leviticus is probably the most known source for it, but we also see it in Deuteronomy and you know a couple of other the the old testament torah um but another one is leviticus 1931 where it says do not turn to mediums or seek out spiritists for you will be defiled by them and that is by the lord your god so there are a number of other things in throughout scripture that obviously make it uh appear to be much more of a darker thing like it's not just don't turn but If you do come across them, you should kill them or this and that. And obviously, that's Old Testament. That's something very different from today, obviously. Um, But it's just, per God, not necessarily that these people were evil beyond measure, but that they would lead the people of God away from God and have them chasing other beings or spirits. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Well, uh, that kind of came up in my head when I was reading through the research because it quoted Leviticus. I'm like, okay, that's not the verse I was thinking it was going to be, but it works as well. Um, So the traditional vessels for familiars are cat, mouse, ferret, hare, bat, snake, dog or bird, particularly the raven or an owl. Um, I was actually doing research into a short story I was doing, and apparently hyenas are kind of a common one as well, which is kind of odd to me. Um, the, the most common are a black cat or a black dog. Mm-hmm. Now, we've talked about black dogs in the past
0: mm-hmm.
1: and how they are somewhat guardians like of I think we talked about them being guardians of treasure chests or or guardians of um, graves or the the cemetery Um, do you think that could be connected somehow like the black dog phenomenon and witchcraft
0: sure Um, I mean hounds have have long been regarded uh, as associated with the afterlife in various old texts uh, throughout cultures, uh, and of course within folklore, so it, it would make sense that they would become famous, uh, or or that famous witches even from the dark ages would have been said to have mirrors that took the form of a black dog, because witches were seen in in the dark ages as evil, and the the uh, black hounds have always had a representation of evil. So comparing the two together. You know it makes sense and in fact there's some stories that uh, when the devil appeared to some of the people in uh, some of the women in uh, Salem Massachusetts he appeared as a a black dog uh, on several occasions so whether or not that's true I mean obviously we don't know but yeah I mean it it makes sense to me okay
1: well that's kind of the first thing that popped in my head when I saw black dog was the hellhounds that we talked about um, because that's what they're most commonly called anyways Uh, Mm -hmm. so I was reading through some of these strange names for familiars Uh, some of them uh, have been called Piawacket Dandy Pratt um, or semi-descriptives such as Buzz Digger Tit Bonecracker Mm -hmm. Little Rat Thistlepurr or Hop Moon. Not sure how they came up with these names. If the familiar gave the name to the witch or the witch was just like, I'm going to call you this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't know why they would call it Tit. <laughs> right. Well, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it like it, it's, well, I
0: feel like yeah, it, this is what's interesting to me. So, I mean, familiars, uh, in, in the general sense, have always been considered a helper of the witch. Uh, one would even say that the witch had command over the familiar. Mm-hmm. But when you really look into the research, you start to see that that probably isn't really the case. And instead, the the uh, the familiar, which is a spirit or a demon in most cases, as it's... Uh, as it is said throughout the various texts that you can read through, you read through history about witchcraft, um, they're basically giving over their services for a limited time, but that the witch doesn't actually have full control over them. It's the spirit that has the control, but they allow themselves to do the witch's bidding for one reason or another. We don't really know the full understanding of it. Like, why does a witch really need a familiar? nobody really knows. There's really nothing behind it, unless that witch's power comes from the familiar
1: itself. Right. Yeah. Well, And the one thing that I found fascinating, I don't know if you came across this or not, but uh, technically a familiar can also be a person, not an animal. And there are reports of human familiars throughout the Western Europe and the Middle Ages usually referring to a demon, which has taken possession of the body of a human. In the 20th century, the so-called <coughs> King of the Witches, Alex Sanders, boasted of the creation of a spiritual baby, Michael, who became one of his familiars, as late as later did another entity called Nick Demdike. Or Demdike, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But I found that really fascinating because in pop culture today and throughout a lot of the legends that you see, I've seen, uh, I've never seen it where it's a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty
0: rare. Um, you know, as you mentioned earlier, these familiars seem to have the ability to transform into anything they want to transform into. Uh, why one transforms into a black cat and another one, a wolf or another one, a dog. I mean, one can only guess, uh, But if for some reason it finds that it's capable of doing its bidding better in human form, maybe the witch uh, gets along with the human better. I don't know than they would with an animal. I don't know, you know. But who are we to really question or even try to guess (laughs) at the ways of spirits? You know, evil spirits. So
1: right. Well. It was interesting, even more so, that it says that, uh, usually referring to a demon, which has taken possession of the body of a human. Now, it does not Mm -hmm. say whether the human is dead or alive, or Mm -hmm. that maybe it possesses the witch that summons it, and that's how they take the human form. Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
0: mean, who knows what exactly human form means? because obviously... Uh, when you look at the different accounts of some of these accused witches, uh, one in particular, Elizabeth Demdike, uh, during the Pendle Witch Trials, uh, she was an accused witch who's, who had a cat who had a familiar whose name was Tib. Okay, uh, And Tib was a spirit who could take the shape of almost any animal that he pleased, uh, but in one piece of her confession, of Elizabeth's confession, uh, he had taken the shape of a black cat. Now, the familiar wanted to aid Elizabeth in the cursing of three local individuals, but Elizabeth ended up um, opposing that idea. And so the cat knocked her into a ditch, which is interesting. But also what's interesting about this particular story is we're seeing here that the witch didn't summon a familiar. The familiar came to her. And so it's more so the familiar that's trying to get the witches to do their bidding as opposed to the witch asking the familiar
1: to do their bidding yeah and nowhere that did I come across where it was the the opposite like that it's just saying the witches I mean it's saying the witches do the summoning but it doesn't say anything about Mm -hmm. who's who's really in control Um, but I mean Mm -hmm. if you think about it if it's if these things are really demons in nature that would make more a lot of sense because well yeah
0: and on top of that it's like if how does a witch get her power it has to be formed right or maybe it has to be given to her and so if the devil in most of these cases anyway if the witchcraft is coming by way of the magic of the devil just like any other position that one would hold in any business or otherwise there's going to be someone appointed to that person to be a supervisor to make sure they don't Use that magic in a way that shouldn't be used or to make sure that, you know, whatever evil being conducted is being conducted in the right way, because there are rules. There's still rules in the spiritual realm. Um, And so it's only natural that if a witch is given power by the devil, that then a familiar would show up soon after to watch over and make sure that she doesn't break whatever deal that she made to acquire that witchcraft.
1: All right. So, the one other thing that I came across for familiars was it says that uh, familiars are usually portrayed as mischievous and lively, rather than seriously threatening. Similar to the imp of folklore and superstition, Uh, and indeed they are sometimes referred to as imps. Uh, They feature prominently in many modern fantasy stories. Usually, uh, magical creatures and animal companions. Uh, for example, the Damons in the popular *His Dark Materials* trilogy of novels by Philip Pullman, uh, which I've never read or actually heard of. But uh, I mean, it, like I said before, it's common in a lot of pop culture and stories, yeah. and um, I mean, going back several hundred years even. So. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's pretty much all I came across on my research on familiars. I was just getting a little bit of a. I mean, I really didn't find anything in depth. It was mostly just kind of a broad thing like this one. I got it from witchcraftandwitches.com and mm-hmm. brought up this information for me. Was there anything else that you came across that was different or, or interesting?
0: not not really i mean everything you, you that you uh have brought up pretty much um pretty much sums up all that really could be found uh one what, what of the the other popular uh familiars was of course the wolf which i had mentioned earlier and i think you had mentioned at one point or earlier 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 on um but what, what's interesting is that some of these familiar's seem to be associated with some of the old gods as well the black cat for for example or just cats for example uh they tend to go back to um where's that where you go
2: Uh,
0: a lot of them go back to like the agent ancient Egypt, uh, culture, you know? And so you have some of these spirits that are representations of the old gods and goddesses. Anubis mm-hmm. is one of them. Right. Um, you know, and a couple of others for the cat, uh, and even for the hair there goes, it goes back to some ancient goddesses. Uh, one being Oster, uh, Artemis is another. Hecate, Holda. Uh, a lot of these are different species, uh, uh A lot of these different species are actually forms of some of the old gods. And you have to question, like, if that's the case, and you and I have talked about the old gods in the past and what these old gods really are, who they were. I mean, were they actually gods? Were they fallen angels or whatnot? Uh, It's interesting to see that as people, especially as Christianity began to take form um, and the early church and some of the dark ages were being snuffed out. So these old rituals and old gods are being snuffed out. Uh, that's when these familiars really started showing up and they started showing up in the form of whatever these old gods were. So they kind of took a back seat in a way and had to hide themselves by creating an illusion and the illusion being that they were animals, but yet still these old gods that were trying in some way to have power. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, it's funny you bring that up because that just... Uh, sparked memory for me is like Zeus. Zeus came down Mm -hmm. as an eagle, as a bull. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, he came down as an oak, as a thunderbolt because he was associated with thunder and lightning. Um, But like, he actually impregnated a woman in the form of a bull. Which is Mm -hmm. rather disturbing if you think about it but at the same time um yeah i mean a lot of the old gods like you talked about the egyptians but even greek and roman mythology talks about certain gods coming down as different things not even just animals but different things Um, and i'm trying to remember maybe you remember better than i do but in our demonology series didn't we talk about how there were certain demons that were associated with different animal uh, appearances by them?
0: Yeah, uh, and that's a lot of that is based on uh, the Lesser Key of Solomon. Right. Um, when you read through those, to the seventy-two demons that are mentioned in the Lesser Key. They are, some of them at least, are associated with various animals, uh, some being a toad, some a black cat, some a wolf, a spider, um, an owl, uh, a raven is another one. You know, so there's, so there's a number of different animals that these demons seem to take form as or at least look like. Uh, now, why that is, I don't know if they're actually just taking that form or if that's their natural form, but yeah, there's definitely a link there somewhere.
1: Right, right. Well, and that's, I mean, that kind of led to another thought, and this is kind of more of a rabbit trail because it's not necessarily, excuse me, associated with um, Halloween. But then I started to think about it, and I started thinking about um, animal spirit guides or animal totems that is usually associated with Native American lore, um, and how the Native Americans associate their animal totem or, or animal spirit guide to um, kind of the same thing as a familiar sort of where the animal totem gives them comfort uh, as well as an example of what to be in life uh, it's an animal that usually resonates with them that you feel like you have connection to uh, it might even be an animal that you fear uh, yet mm-hmm. are intrigued by a spirit guide connects, or an animal spirit guide connects you with the earth and the nature, according to Native American folklore. Uh, is a reflection of yourself, and they usually represent what and who you are. So, I was. It almost kind of associates with a familiar, but not as in depth, because the Native Americans didn't believe that their animal spirit guides were a tool in any way in the sense that they are associated with witches as far as doing the witch's bidding, spying for the witch, that sort of thing the, the animal spirit guides were more of just that, a guide to help them through life so do you think that there is any association between that and the familiar at all? uh no i don't think so because as you said
0: the familiar kind of began uh out east in old english you know in england and stuff like that where native americans are obviously western and so having that connection at that time uh though there obviously could have been uh in regards to people who have, were in america's transferring stuff over you know taking ideas and thoughts back to England with them. Um, But no, I think they're actually two very different things. And it's, this is more so of a, a spiritual work in nature because they are very similar in a way. uh, But here you have two vastly different views, uh, you know, on the whole approach. Now, what we know today as familiars, familiars, familiars are always seen as evil uh, or doing this bidding where, again, as you mentioned, uh, the these spiritual guides were more so guides, right? right. Uh, so the big thing that we're seeing in difference here is the influence of the Catholic Church, or the original church, upon uh, the old pagans, where that kind of effect wasn't in place in America with Native Americans. Um now, that's not to say that we should blame the church for it, but it's also not to say that they that the early church didn't in some way encourage the current view or outlook of what a familiar is. Right,
1: yeah. Well, the, some of the, as I was looking through the spirit guide stuff, I mean, each animal has a different um, meaning behind it, and uh, I don't know why, but I always, because you're so fascinated with wolves, I almost have always felt that you would have an animal spirit guide, the wolf, if you did have an animal spirit guide, and here's what the uh, the wolf totem is, it has a strong connection to family in their pack, they tend to not socialize well with others outside of the ones that they care about, the wolf spirit guide represents strength, loyalty, and community, somehow i feel that kind of says the same that's that's weird (laughs)
0: because
1: i'm the same way (laughs) it's a little weird (laughs) (laughs) because i mean honestly that does describe you quite well
0: yeah it really does that's interesting I notice, like, because I'll do like little uh, like quizzes every once, once in a while when it shows like different animals or spiritual animals and stuff, yeah. and I always do end up somehow with the wolf. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go! Yeah, every time, <laughs> every if, time. If you believe, makes me happy. I was yes. Say,
1: if you believe in animal spirit guides or if you were Native American, that would be your spirit guide.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you must be my spirit guide.
1: So, going from familiar to what were some of the other things that you were thinking about when you talk about the subsidiaries
0: oh well the subsidiaries is more so a step away from the familiars and the witches uh, and more so in the step of Halloween and so when you look at when you think of Halloween what are some of the things you think of in, in regards to animals or creatures
1: um I always associate vampire and werewolf those are my the mm-hmm. two major ones for me. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. the other major one that always comes to mind is like we were just talking about witches and zombies.
0: Mm-hmm. OK, so and those are those are great examples. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that. We, when you look at Halloween and you look at the decorations and some of the things that we see on TV and what people are interested in or scared of, even for Halloween, there are a few other things that we see as well. Mm -hmm. One is a spider. Spider. Yep. We've got spiders. We've got coffins. We've got um, bats. You know things like that. Black These cats. are things that aren't <laughs> that. Well, except the black. Exactly. Except the black cat is a subsidiary because black cats are very popular in Halloween culture. Um, like you really can't have Halloween without your black cat. Oh, so it just as you can't have Halloween uh, without you your witch common. or without your vampire. Okay. So uncommon a subsidiary would be something uncommon, uh, or just isn't as relatable to most people. Um, so again, one of the subsidiaries is a spider why a spider and uh, I think mostly it just has to do with the creep factor I mean most people a put people it like it freaks, freaks, freaks right there <laughs> right yeah yeah uh and Halloween is really associated with fear that that's what the whole idea is uh not the whole idea but nowadays that's kind of what the point is. How right, can me best care ourselves right today's yeah celebration <laughs> mm-hmm. um so you look at the spider, you know, you think of the bat, you think of uh, a number of other different insects and blood and this and that. But, but when you look, we look at it on a relatable note, all of these different creatures that we use for Halloween are all night creatures. These are all creatures that exist or live in darkness as opposed to light. Okay. And I was actually thinking about this last night uh, as I was trying to fall asleep because I was listening to the crickets and the uh, locusts outside. You know, I was thinking like it in a way it's kind of weird because during the day you don't hear any of these creatures like during the day we hear birds singing and we can hear like the the mice or the the squirrels and the chipmunks running around and all that stuff things that you would see and hear during the day at night they disappear completely there's nothing in the trees there's nothing like really flying around there's nothing chirping uh in the sense of a bird i mean um but instead everything very silent. Nothing is moving. And yet there's this other completely vastly different noise that begins. And that's where the crickets come out. And then we see these silent creatures known as bats. They don't make a single noise, but they're flying around in some of the most awkward patterns. Um and I to see the difference between the day creatures and the night creatures. And Halloween really is associated with these night creatures. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is that these night, creatures, these night creatures are these subsidiaries. They are the less common. You know, most people were awake during the day. So you think of birds on a normal basis. You think of squirrels and that because you see them all the time. But you don't always see these other creatures at night. You know, I mean, I see bats quite often because I'm up late. Right. But most people don't. You know, <laughs> it's not something they would think about. Well,
1: the, it's funny because... Uh, it, In North Dakota, there's no caves or anything for bats to hide out in. And a lot of people say there's bats in North Dakota because of that. But we went to a uh, special thing for Shelly's artwork. And this woman had bats hanging around her house all the time. So Mm -hmm. she's like... People say there's no bats in North Dakota. She's like, bull crap. (laughs) Because they sit around and poop on her back porch and stuff. (laughs) So here's a question for you. Like you had said, the black cat is kind of a common one associated with, uh, or a more popular one associated with Halloween. Same for owls. Owls are kind of more the more popular one associated do you think that is because those are common familiars
0: um no not really I mean I think they just they have their own presence you know I don't think they have to be linked with as a familiar or with any other type of source uh, I think a lot of these creatures especially for Halloween are just they've got their own reputation now you know
1: Okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, well, and like you had said, the owl is a is a night creature, just like the the bats and that sort of thing as well. So (laughs) that would make a lot of sense too. All right, folks, that is the first half here. We're gonna be going to break, so stay tuned to Fair Truth Radio. We'll be right back right after this. Why don't you burp next time? Somebody get me Brian Anderson.
0: What's up, folks? Welcome back to Paratrooth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we have been talking about familiars and the subsidiaries of Halloween. Uh, Now, one thing that we learned very recently is that there really aren't that many subsidiaries of Halloween.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, hey. That's okay. <laughs> well, that's why we do the For those that are. Show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. So something <laughs> I was thinking about is I've been seeing these posts a lot on Facebook. And um, it, it kind of got me thinking. Like, um, the one post was, you know those candies that are in the... The black and orange and white um, wrappers. There's like no print on them, whatever. But they're filled like with a peanut butter filling, and they're kind of. I think I know what you're talking. I think so. I think I know what you're talking and about. How <laughs> it said something about if you gave these away um, during Halloween, you're a bad person or something like that. <laughs> because. Nobody likes it. I'm like, I love those candies. So... Of course you do. (laughs) What is your favorite candy to get during Halloween? What is your least favorite candy to get for Halloween? Or even treat in general? Yeah. Um,
0: Oh, man, that's a tough one because like... Hmm. I think, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tough one because there, there's so many things that I used to hate, but now I think look like one of my candies, usually it's always something fruity, you know, Skittles or something like that, uh, but have Halloween without some chocolate. So I would say probably, if it's fruit candy, I would say probably Skittles is the best. Uh, but chocolate, I would have to think Butterfingers. And I think it's because Butterfinger. I'm like, eating Butterfinger every year, and it, every time I see Butterfinger, I think the orange and the black, you know, because the Butterfinger has orange on the inside and <laughs> dark outside, so the Um, there's something about Butterfinger that just always I don't know, it reminds me of Halloween you know, (laughs) that's my favorite chocolate and then my least favorite candy to get would probably be ooh I don't know, I I guess maybe the little what do they call it the the little Echo Wafers oh, okay yeah yeah those are probably my other I, mean, I I'll eat them nowadays, but if I had to choose they would probably be my least my least favorite better candy corn, but
1: I kind of like candy corn now too. see now that's Shelly's favorite' so. is candy corn like she cannot pass up candy corn mm-hmm. and you know, thinking back as a kid, I was like, Ugh, candy corn is the worst, but now I'm like,, eh, it's <laughs> not so bad. <laughs> So it's you know what? To see no, how the I'll works. tell you what the worst is. Yeah, that's for sure. But I'll tell you the worst. When
0: I was, whenever I was trick or treating, the worst thing to get when you're going through your bag is like five pennies. <laughs> like, who gave me five pennies <laughs> as a
1: treat? What am I going to do with five freaking pennies? And they're going like, like in a Ziploc bag or <laughs> sometimes they yeah, we'll just lose. Yeah, or they're
0: just thrown in, scattered at the bottom. Like, go, out the bag and there's like five pennies in it. Oh, okay. It's cool when
1: people are even out quarters and stuff, but right. five pennies? And if you got a yeah. dollar, you were rich. <laughs> yeah, for real. Back rich. then. Today, not so <laughs> much. <but laughs> yeah, well. Well, it's just funny to see because I honestly cannot remember my, I mean, as a kid, my least favorite was candy corn. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, today I I can't really say. I mean, I'll, like you, my my taste buds have kind of changed, and a lot of them I do like. Um, yeah. I, I mean, by far my all time favorite out of any any time of the year is Kit Kat. I've always loved Kit Kat. Butterfingers. Oh are yeah, great. I forgot about Kit Kat. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's Kit Kat's a definitely a Halloween thing. You need to have that. Did I'm sure we've probably talked about this when we were kids, but was there ever that one house that always gave out the really crappy stuff every year and you tried to avoid it, but your parents were like, no, go up there. They're nice people. Go up there and get.
0: <laughs> no, my parents always had us skip whatever we wanted to skip. <laughs> okay. But we always made sure to hit the, the, the mother load. we you know, because there were those people who gave out like the big candy bars Oh, we got to get there early. Because once they're out...
1: Right. Yeah. They're out. (laughs) And sometimes I almost feel... People did that on purpose. So they could actually go out for Halloween parties. They're like... Oh, all our candy's gone. Sorry. (laughs) 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 And the other thing I was thinking about... For Halloween... Is... On our street... There was always that one house that went all out and decorated to the gills was, was there ever a Mm -hmm. house around you guys that was like that?
0: Yeah, my house (laughs) for sure.
1: Uh, And once I got into high school, I made sure
0: that my house was the number one best creepy house on the block. Um, but occasionally there would be like a house up the street, not on our street, but on the like a couple streets over.
2: That
0: would have like this big thing where you walk in under like an archway, and there's all this. It's almost like walking into like a haunted graveyard type thing, and you have to walk your way up to to the people who are sitting at the at the thing. But you're always scared because there's like these these like costumed figures, you know, standing on the side of the, of the walkway. And one of them may have a real person inside of them. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, probably that, that particular house. Uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, my house was the best cause we had the real coffin that we got from the funeral home. So it, oh, once man. I got that thing, yeah, yeah that's promise. when. <laughs> Halloween took a turn that moment. I became the, the cool house on, on block.
1: <laughs> well, the, the one on my street, it was, my street was called Grassmere, and he, every year it was always Nightmare on Grassmere. Now, it wasn't always like a Freddy Cougar type theme, but it was always because <clears throat> that's what he was trying to associate it with. But um, every okay. year it was something different. And <clears throat> when he finally stopped doing it, everyone's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still get sad because, like, I'll still, like,
0: decorate for Christmas and stuff from at my parents' house. But we and I haven't done it in years. And, like, I know nowadays, oh my gosh, I can go crazy nowadays. <laughs> Out wow, And really, just yeah. nobody would want to come and get candy for various reasons. But. I feel like I'd have an issue with neighbors that <laughs> being a little too uh, over the top with things. Um, well, yeah. I'm a script
1: writer it's too bad. The the director last, now, so like you could be like, okay, get out there, get out there, and direct your <laughs> to yeah. the place. to I remember the
0: last time <laughs> the last time I did anything for Halloween and, and it wasn't like the house wasn't even decorated or anything, but like The last time I did any scare on Halloween was when I dressed up as a, as a werewolf in like five, six years ago, something like that. A long time ago, it was a while ago. Um, And that was when like I was sitting in a chair, just, I was just relaxing, Right. But then my dad thought maybe I should try to scare some, some of the girls that were walking out to the house. So it's always fun because here's the thing like they're not scared They're acting like they're not scared that you know they're actually petrified right now because you don't they don't know what's going to happen right well this is how you know when somebody's scared on halloween if you're in a creepy costume but you you stay really still and you you know try to make yourself appear as a dummy or something Mm -hmm. when they approach they can't see that you're seeing them you know because the mask will cover your eyes and stuff um But it's when they walk up and they're trying to act normal and call like, hi, how are you talking to whoever's passing out the candy? But then they keep looking your way very subtly, trying very subtly to keep looking toward whatever it is that's sitting next to them. Um, that's one way where, you know, like if you jumped up right now, they're going to wet themselves. Uh, but another one is when somebody walks up and they're very, very talkative, like overly talkative. And then they're saying, Asking questions like, "Is that real or is, is, is it real?" and blah blah blah. Like, and so, like this one particular Halloween, there this girl that came up a group of girls, and the one girl you could tell she's like, you know, she's acting like, "Yeah, it's no big deal. I know it's real. He's weird. somebody in there." she's like goofing and being whatever. Um, and so, of course, hope me in the leg. Just if there was like, if it was me, it was leaves, and so. And she's like, "He's real. He's real." And like, the girl, the one girl, was like, "Try." I was like, "Well, he scared me," and then I jumped up. What <laughs> she do? She's scared the power of her lungs and literally runs five, five down <laughs> the street. <laughs> and I'm like, "For real? She seemed pretty scared."
1: <laughs> well the one year I was, I was living in New Jersey and I had kind of did a setup where I had it stuffed as a dummy sitting outside all the way up to Halloween. And then when Halloween got mm-hmm. there, I changed into the costume that had been sitting out there. So everybody's like, Oh, it's just a dummy. And The one little kid next door who's now actually all grown up but he didn't realize like my parents were telling him Norm and my mom were telling him oh it's just a dummy when I jumped up that kid flew down the steps and back to his house quicker than a jackrabbit I swear it was the fastest (laughs) <laughs> in my life so it was funny and then the the following year he was like trying to give it away to everybody he's like no that's justin that's norm and it's like come on don't give it. yeah <laughs> like enjoy the fun yeah. of somebody else what, <laughs> I've, I've never
0: i've never been like so that werewolf thing was the first time that i ever actually scared anybody out. always make an effort to scare me. Stairs or my mom, uh, or anyone I could, I was like the master of scares, right? Everybody was too late. There's a point, you know, it's bad when somebody's walking up the stairs. And in most cases, one of my sisters walk up the stairs, just randomly. It could be any time of day. They walk up the stairs and they stop and hesitate and they have to slowly like arch their neck and look out. <laughs> You know, you know, every time they would come up the stairs, they're But there's this one, one Lindy, I used to scare the crud out of her all the time. And there's this one day at my house where I a bathroom. And of course, I find it the perfect opportunity when someone's in the bathroom to just hide just on the other side of the wall. So when they open the bathroom, it pretty unsuspecting, right? She walked out and I did the normal they would just jump out sometimes I would scream to inflict more fear. And if the first saw somebody scared that her face scrunched up like their about like dropped down to the ground in the fetal position and just held their legs to their chest the whole time for like a good four minutes. I was like, are you okay? And she like has a tear in her face. And I hate you! I'm like, jeez! It's daytime. Like
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who said monitors are just stuck to the nighttime?
0: (laughs) Hey, well, yeah, no, I know.
1: I was like, man,
0: I didn't think it'd be that bad. All
1: right folks, I think that's all we got time for today. So stay tuned next week for some more Halloween fun right here on Paratruth Radio. But until next week, same time, same channel. My name is Justin.
2: And I'm
0: Eric. Peace. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. (sighs) It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic. Available online and at CVS.